Podcasts, 42 Entertainment, and many others. More podcasts like this one can be found at brokenjars.xyz. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to High Fantasy, member of the Broken Jars Network. Um, let's see. Sorry so for the amount of time between this episode and the last episode. There was a family emergency, oh, and then Colin a decided to go to, to Ireland because he's an asshole. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that got in the way. Um, but we're back. Hopefully, we'll stay on schedule this time. Um, and have we been productive in the past month or um, so? Productive is a relative term. I've really made strides in story progression, but not in word count. So I think in terms of pages, I've done like 30 pages in the last month, but I've really, I've gotten over the hump. So my book really, it, it builds to a certain spot and then it drops off and then it builds back up. I mean, it's a very, very three-act structure kind of thing. And so... I have uh, getting into the second act has been tough, but now I'm there and I'm actually flowing pretty well now. But it took me a long That's time cool. to get over that hump. Yeah, my productivity has to do with the fact that I transcribed some of your story and then I did pretty much nothing. So what do you think? Uh, I look forward to see what you do in the edits because of all the things that I've told you. I want to see how you change it. <laughs> But I mean, I mean, I sent you through page one hundred. Have you read through yeah, all? Yeah, I of haven't it? looked at that. No, no, I've been very lazy. Okay, well, she's. I'm publicly shaming myself. That's the point of this section. <laughs> all right, Colin, how have you been? You've been in Ireland, so if you haven't written, yeah. Oh, I haven't written in ages. Anyways, vacation notwithstanding. Oh, how was Ireland, man? Good. I what? am planning on doing nano, so I'm just kind of like. Focusing yeah. my mind on being ready for that. We are at that season of the year. So I've never done a nano national of what's National Book Month, National Novel Writing Month. Right, which is supposed to be November, but I've never national, done it. Yeah. So why do why do we need this catalyst for some writers to get going? Because some people need external pressure in order to get anything done. And they have a website and a community, and if you don't do a certain amount of number of words per day or something, you don't get an award. And if you get to 50,000 words written in one month, you get a bigger award, I think. I've never done it. You get a award, basically. There's only one reward at the end. Well, yeah, and uh, if, you just, okay. if you need that external pressure, it can help you. <laughs> It got me 50% off Scrivener the first year I did it, and I haven't used anything else since. Yeah. Yeah, and, I, uh, I think I'm going to buy that software. I really, like... It is totally worth it. Absolutely. When we talk about book structure, it's beautiful for envisioning book structure. Yes, and that is the topic of this episode. Uh, oh, wait. This, like, this, this is novel my fault, infrastructure. Yes, he brought it up. It is. I put it under the name novel infrastructure because that's kind of what it is. Like, how do you structure chapters and parts and books? Like, at what point do you end a thing and and stuff? Right, right. <laughs> so here, here's I. I mean, I've read enough. I, I'm not going to say I'm well read. Not nearly as well read as y'all are because I don't read as much and um, it takes more time to listen than it does to read. But 
I mean, I've seen books. I've seen books that their chapters are. They end a chapter immediately pick up like almost, almost if there shouldn't have been a break. It was like chapter twenty nine, chapter thirty. They were basically one chapter. Mm-hmm. And I've also seen other books that were like chapter thirty one is fourteen sentences on one page. Like it is super small. Like I don't know. Like I'm still trying to figure it out. Like, is there a formula? Is there not a formula? I don't know. So I'm putting out to the better writers in this uh, podcast. There's no such um, formula. Well, let me say I've uh, you know listening to a bunch of Jim Butcher talks and like things. He says that he writes the chapter up until the point he knows that his beta asylum, his beta readers, are going to scream and yell at him for the next chapter. And then he ends it. It's just, yeah, that's when they're going to go crazy. And then he ends it and sends it off and he goes to sleep. And then he wakes up and they've sent him all like a bunch of critiques and yelling at him. Butcher books are notoriously hard to put down. Yeah. yeah and, and, that next chapter tells you the thing you want to know about <laughs> and then ends on the next thing you want to know about. And God, exactly. And that's the kind of like continuing tension and you can see it in pretty much any of his chapters he's trying to end on it's like oh my god something bad's gonna happen it's it's one of those things you you are you trying to build a best way i can put it 22 minute episode structure into a chapter is that how you want to build it do you want to build a 41 minute episode into a chapter do you want to like change because Game of Thrones, every time it changes chapters, it changes people, right? Not not always. Like sometimes they'll have the same point of view back to back, but for the most, he part. does have. Yeah, he does have to list which character's point of view it's in, which I think is a fun type of structure to itself. Um, whatever point of view you're in, or switching, or whatever. Okay, but, so well, let's talk about that. What are the flaws in doing that? In switching point of view? Yes. Switching point of view, switching characters. What, What's to be gained and what's to be lost by doing that? Uh, to be gained is you have different point of views, literally, and so you can see different sides of the same problem. To be lost easily is that readers may not like some of those characters and their voices. Also, it lets you set your novel in far-reaching places by jumping between events by character point of view. Which can also lead to, you know, a major event happens somewhere, and then you spend a chapter with someone else that you might be interested in, but something big happened elsewhere, and you kind of want to just rush back to the next point of view there. Yeah, which, again, if it's well done, like Butcher and Codex Alera was a good example of, like, I, I'm reading about Tavi, and something in Tavi is like really important. It ends on that high note, I really need to get to it. And then it switches to Izana, and I have to start the chapter like, I don't fucking care about Izana. Oh, uh, wait, this is interesting. No, this is wonderful. And then the chapter ends, and it switches to Amara. It's like, I don't care about Amara. Oh, my God, this is wonderful. And it's like... A learning experience because I read it at, at like fifteen. <laughs> oh God! You're child for a woman. while, and then she got exciting. Zana was awesome. I liked her the entire time. But, I um, I never got out of the first book. I try. I tried so many times to get out of the first book. I think it's the reader. Like I said, I do most of my uh, reading through audiobooks, and the reader is just terrible for Codex Lara. I, if you can read it, so you can get out of it and the second book was my favorite um but a lot of people say like the third and fourth book are their favorite and i don't know 
it's worth reading, getting through. Um, but yeah, I want to go back to the point of like chapters and lengths. You mentioned things like, do you want to build a 22 minute episode? And we don't really have minutes in books, but we have words. And a lot but of the it, chapters... it's the beat, you know, a lot. It's, mm -hmm. it's the it's the rhyme and the beat of an episode of TV. Yeah. And most chapters seem to have about 2,2500 words, which is also usually about a decent sized scene. So one scene is one chapter a lot of the times, it seems. I've never been able to do that. <laughs> My chapters are like 8,000, 10,000 words. That's not a chapter, that's a part. And what's the difference between a part and a chapter? A part is significantly larger and has chapters inside well, of it. Well, the thing is, I mean, I'll admit it's a bad book, but I love Ready Player One. It has chapters and parts. It has three parts, so about... 35,000 words apart, but also has 40 chapters. In mm -hmm. some yeah. of the chapters, some of the chapters he uses to make really crisp distinctions. Like he'll, he'll build up this one scene and let it drop and then start something else. But some chapters are base, basically he had to have a chapter break. It's a... The next word is a continuation of the last chapter. So it's a very interesting thing that I'm still struggling with as a writer because I have ideas about chapters and words and f like I try to end my chapters on feelings, but that might not may or may not be a, a great way to do it. Like I just want my readers to feel a certain way when they end this part of the story. Yeah, and I usually, I kind of like to think of it that way too. A lot of the times I don't care about chapters when I'm writing because I've never gotten to the point to have to really worry about it. I just, like, I write the scenes and I know which order of the scenes I have to go in and if I have to restructure a few things later, I'll get to it. I never have. But this is my current uh, military fantasy thing. If I have epigraphs, they go at the beginnings of chapters. I need to know for chapters. <laughs> So I now have to kind of worry about it. But beforehand, like in that Sky City story thing, I had heard one scene that equaled about 700 words. And I couldn't really make it longer. It was one very pointed scene. And that would have been a 700-word chapter, which is like 14 sentences, like you said. Yeah. But, I can't look at scenes as, like I look at chapters as a collection of scenes. And that works sometimes, but it, there's also like, don't let them get too long and wieldy. Yeah. You'll forget you have chapters at all. See, my my issue is I um, I envision my book as a movie. Um, I I'm a I'm a filmophile, whatever whatever you want to call. It. I love movies, and so I like in my mind I'm tr trying to write a 300 page book around a movie. In, in movies, there are no chapters, but there are distinct parts. I mean, most movies follow the three-act three, three act structure. So I'm like, so what should I do here? Like, should, should I break? Should I keep going? Even if I break, it, it, like, part of it's for the reader, right? So if you break, sometimes it's just a pause for the reader to get back into the story. Instead of a, a story pause, it's a reading pause, right? TV timeout. Yeah, it's a TV timeout. Exactly. 
Yeah, it can be interesting if you think of it as a TV show instead of a movie because they have to structure around commercial breaks. Man, it could be a two. I mean, I... <laughs> the way I write, I envision it and I see it in my head. And it's a movie or a TV show depending on the book I'm writing. And that's what I write. And I write in sort of that flowing... I try to write in that flowing up and down structure of episodes. I have a random question. Okay. What was the shortest chapter you've ever read and can you describe it to us? I... Um... Okay, don't don't try to pin me on anything, but uh, Glenn Beck wrote an, wrote a thriller novel, which was actually really good, and he had a, a he had a chapter in there that was uh, two paragraphs, and it worked because okay. it was because the 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 order of the chapters were very back and forth, so there were like two groups of people doing two very different things, and he would have these really small bridge chapters to where like they would bounce back and forth between these two other things that were happening back and forth and it worked really well and it's also uh vince flynn he's a a big um i would say he's sort of a tom clancy kind of writer like in terms <laughs> of his books uh he he does that too where he he'll have a paragraph chapter and it's just a bridge or information in between two two storylines that are running parallel and he'll just like drop this little chapter to give information to both storylines in going forward. Alright. Uh Colin, what's the shortest chapter you've ever read so, that you can remember? Well, easily um I think it's the current one I'm on, I can't actually uh Bleak Seasons by Glenn Cook. It's like the seventh in the Black Company series. He has the strangest uh, novel or chapter structures to begin with. His chapters vary from less than half a page to full-length chapters. So I got the wrong book in front of me, but here's one chapter. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's like a line and then three sentences and then like five sentences. There's paragraphs. another chapter. And then the next chapter on the next yeah. page. What? Some chapters are full length, some are shorter than these. So he's basically doing the every chapter is a single scene thing, and some scenes no, are shorter than others. Some, some chapters are just like, it cuts out of the scene to have like a character narrate something in his head and then he just goes back to the scene. I don't, he is a very strange structured chapter sometimes. Oh, all right, so that's The first weird. book was chapters were kind of structured as, um, like they were hunting people, so each chapter was like the next person they were after. Um, but as the series goes on, his narration starts to get progressively different. Weirder. Yeah. <laughs> so the All current right. one I'm on, he's literally in the past, present, and future at once in between different chapters, and it just kind of cuts all between randomly. It's Interesting. Okay, I, I got you guys beat so far. The Shortest chapters uh, I've ever read was two words. Yeah. Uh, I was reading an Alex Cross book by James Patterson. He's got a series of forensic psychologist detective Alex Cross played by Morgan Freeman. And I was reading this, I was probably like 12. And 
uh, something in the book was like they're building up like the hostage situation. So they had a bunch of swat around a house or something. Then chapter number we waited, and that was it. And at the time, it was like I was just reading that like that's really weird. I've never seen a chapter that long or short really, and. I didn't know that you could really do that. I didn't think that would be like allowed in some way, but I realized it's a book. You can do that. The next chapter was, and we waited more or something like that. It was just another two words, three words. And then I got pissed off. So just, maybe like there's a mentality in seeing the word chapter or that break, you know, like if you're like, maybe, only way you could do it, like we waited and we made more of that like really big pause is to do it in terms of chapters like chapter 23 and we waited turn the page you know it's with using those headings actually makes the waiting longer because we expect chapters to have meanings right kind of agree with you but there's just it seemed like cheesy bad writing i don't think i ever finished the book it is patterson so i mean come on yeah i mean i didn't have as negative a view then that they do now but but hey he's made a billion dollars so who are you <laughs> critique him yeah we can yell at him as he's walking to the bank yep but it's just uh it, like the, the second chapter of i think it was just and waited like we waited chapter we and waited and it's just Okay, tell me something now. And I was just pissed off more than like feeling that there was a distance in time because oh wow, I needed to turn another page. It, uh, <laughs> um, well, I could actually have something to do with it, like the physical need to turn a page. I mean, I know it's a very small gesture, but it's still a. Um, a gesture we have to think about and do like do we actually want to turn this page like we they're called page tur turners for a reason right that's so, cheating if you have three sentence chapters and you do that so you right can call it but a page -turner. you quit you quit reading <laughs> because he was quote unquote cheating saying but if well, you have if you have a, a novel that can roll from page to page you know that, that's an interesting thing and in, like how you build your chapters like, do you want to build chapter to be sort of a connection from the last one to the next one? Or do you want it to be a story point to story point to story point to story point kind of thing? Or both? Yeah, I, I want to model off of Butcher and have the end of the chapter being that people want to scream at me. And they keep reading because they need to figure out what's going to happen. And I that like that. Particularly well in a single point of view story. Right. Game of Thrones has more trouble doing that, I'd say. As much as you're interested to get back to points, each chapter is an investment into a scene. I'm working with multiple point of views in my current thing. And I'm also doing this, like, get up to the point that you want to scream and then switch. But sometimes I'm centering around the same plot point. I'm just switching point of views because, like, some people literally get cut off in communication and they can't know what's going on. So, I, I'd, you have to read my shit at some point, Colin. I'm going to needle Did you, you now. link it in the writing? Yeah, like, six months ago. There's a lot of 
I... Someone here links a lot of things, and I don't know where your story is in here. Okay, I will link it again. Right. Just... Okay, well, first off, we don't have a perfect Slack, so... Like, right. it's just, have... this is not good for podcasting talk anyway, but Colin as my beta reader needs to read my shit at some point. Um, yeah, so what do you think about having parts in your books? Like you have three parts, parts. literally. Yeah. I like it, and it's sort of, I mean, I, I haven't explicitly had parts in my book, but it's sort of how I'm seeing my book right now is I have three major arcs. And I, again, I'm a movie TV guy who's trying to write a novel. <laughs> Maybe I should be doing a screenplay instead, but that's what I'm doing. Cause, but, um, so in my book, there is three major parts. There is the start to Titan, Titan and the train, and then the train after. And that train, I'm I'm really going to do something interesting where I'm going to do most of my world building inside the second act, because which is second act is supposed to be the 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 dip. It's supposed to be a, a rise and a fall, and then a rise and a big dip, and then a rise in the end. And so I'm I'm putting most of my world building ideas in the second act so that's why how i see my book and oh if if i write it correctly it'll be okay yeah if you write it correctly that's always a <laughs> hard part um it seems very common in high fantasy books to have uh parts like i can i can't name specific ones that like off of a list but there's like i think uh jennifer fallon it does that a lot at the very least because I can bring some of them to mind. But like, there's part one that is like family and lives or something. And then there's a bunch of chapters. And then there's part two, which is like uh, betrayal and vengeance or something. And then another bunch of chapters. And it's usually about three. And it happens so often that like, I don't care. I don't really notice. I don't remember those things. Like it stood out to me when I got to part two. It's like, oh, yeah, this thing had parts. That's why I can kind of remember them. Uh, but then there's this weird thing of, like, you have a high fantasy book that the publisher then decides to split into multiple books, like Lord of the Rings. Did he have the parts in it originally? Because each book is broken into two parts, too. Oh, really? I've not yeah. read it, so I have no idea. There's... I just know he considered so... it one full book, publisher forced yeah. it to split into three, because it couldn't print that big. Yeah. Nowadays, they just run it through the printing machine twice that you can see with Sanderson's shit. But <laughs> but there's also, like, weirdness with... Uh, Stephen Bruce did a thing when he did the Viscount of Adrilanka and some of the other books around it. I think that is what the series was called. And he considers it one book, but he split it up into three parts, like, as three books. So that's what it, it came out as. But the chapters go from like one to something in book one, and then they go from something to another something. They, they don't start off at one every <laughs> single time. He considers it one book. It's, it's weird little fun things like that. It's always fun. You can get away with fun. things when you're good. 
Well, I think that's what we learned in this entire podcast. If you're good enough, you can do whatever the fuck you want to do. You can do the opposite of anything we say if you can do it well. Yep. It's beautiful. So, Colin, Alex, what do you like to do? Like, if you're going to make a break in the story chapter section, whatever, what is, what, how would you like to do it? I mean, how do you like to continue the next story, the next part of the story? Usually the bigger the concept and the story is planning to be, the more likely I am to want to start taking an axe to it and making parts. I don't ever think in like parts of a book or anything. I just, uh, because I usually do my outlining on a flowchart, I don't put parts in it. I just, there's have points with different storylines and then they all meet up at some point, which is awesome. I don't like call it a part. <laughs> I usually like if the story has like a three act structure in my mind, it automatically just gets divided into parts. I never think of if it as three enough. acts. That's my problem. But if I have epigraphs, I need to like start sh- sorting things into a chapter, <laughs> and it's going to be a little foreign. See, I mean, I do, I do a bit of three act structure, but uh, I, especially in the book I'm writing now, it's one big thing, one bridge, and another big thing, and I need to figure out how to split up all those big things in middle things into chunks. You know, like some of my chapters will be a continuation, some will be jumps. It's it's just it's really weird, and. I, I don't know if it's bad to do it that way. It just it's just how it kind of happens. Game of Thrones didn't have parts, right? I don't remember. I don't think so. Yeah, I don't I think, think so either. Didn't it? Huh? No, I don't think so. No, didn't have parts. Yeah, that's another one that they just kind of had chapters by points of view, right? One chapter was one point of view. Right, in Game of Thrones, uh, uh, that works. Yeah. Yeah. Same concept of characters. Once you just throw them to the wind, you kind of just have to start jumping around. Because notably, the first book is Rand's point of view for a good half of it. And then, because the first book, they never really split up. Yeah, and then they they do split up. And then all of a sudden, hey, this is a multi-point of view book. Yeah, and then it's interesting when they got into later points, they had, like, the okay, the first 200 pages of the book is going to be Matt, and then the next 200 pages of the book is going to be Rand, and it's just, like, the entire 1,000-page book was split into sections of the character, and so the points, the time points were kind of sort of in oh, line God. with each other, but not really. And then, like, the later books started to coincide with each other. Mm. So yeah, like, I, I didn't finish it. I'm just going off what my mom said because yeah. she ranted to me about that. And then, like, there's three books later in the series where notably one of each main character is missing because each of those main characters had a big event in the previous book and they're recovering from that in the next book. So you don't see them. Oh, like, I was just thinking of Game of Thrones. That was really annoying that he did, of like, this is getting too big. I'm just writing book four, but I need to split it between four and five. Let's just split the char- cast of characters in half. <laughs> and by geographic region, it seemed to be. And it's just... Yeah, so, I didn't particularly. Yeah. yeah. 
Because when you do that, he, you risk having the character that everyone loves not in the book that they're reading. He's an example of how not to be prepared to structure your novel. Because <laughs> as much as he's a answer, he just... Like, he lost the ability to structure the book in an efficient way by the end of it. Yeah, I don't, I don't know how much plans he put into his books in any way or shape or form. And that goes to show you that structurally later it can screw you. Yeah. Have a decent outline. I know he's not the one to have outlines. Like, he just kind of sits down and writes whatever he wants to do. He also doesn't cut chunks out of the books. He, if he is told to remove 20,000 words from his book, he just does it by taking a word out of every sentence or something. Instead of cutting chunks out, which would be so much better. Oh, uh, no, no, just... I'm not... I don't have problems. <laughs> uh. Uh. Um. I have to, just because it's tradition for me at this point. Ding, ding, ding. Uh, talk of Malazan's part structure. I have to, come on. I know. But I knew it would happen. All of his books are broken up into four sections. And typically with every Malazan book, it ends in a convergence where multiple, the three previous parts had semi-related things that in the last part basically run full force into each other. And you see who's left standing at the end of it. So I think it's the third book ends with this tumultuous siege on a city. But the first three parts are characters who are going to play a part in that getting there. So you spend like a third of the book over west of the city as these groups of people are making their way there. And then you go south of the city and these people make their way there. And it just builds up and every single one of them is strictly four. And then you get your big giant conversions. Okay, so it's that, 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 that brings a question up. Um, do you write for the idea or the end? Because when I, when I started writing Corlex back when it was supposed to be just a short story, um, I was writing for the idea and not the end. The end came about out of what, where my imagination took the character, you know, and, and not of this is. I have an idea of a story end to end and so I'm writing for this end. It was more of a, it was it was an earlier progression that came into a story instead of a story that came out of an idea. All I can really say and think of right now is I don't start writing until I know what the end is or what I hope it to be, because I want that constraint to keep me in line. Well, because, especially like, for the story I'm writing now, I actually started with nothing, just the idea. And mm -hmm. I just, I plopped this character down in a place and s saw where the imagination went, you know? Yeah, but if I don't know the direction, I just kind of invent weird things and then I have no idea how to end it because I've brought in too many things. To but maybe to the weird of. things are the fun part, right? 
Yeah, I mean, they totally can. Your characters can, as you're writing it, tell you that your end's not going to work anymore, and here's your new ending. Yeah, if if the new ending pops up, I'll probably work with it. Your characters tell you what to do. It's nice when they do that. It's so helpful. (laughs) I'm not crazy. Because you don't want your characters to feel like they got shoehorned into this ending you had before the book started. Not to say you can't start with an ending and naturally make your way there, but sometimes characters can develop. I guess I just depend so harsh on my outline that I, I need that before I can really know where I'm going. So I kind of lose track of, am I writing the idea? Or am I writing the ending? Am I writing the story? So the thing we're learning about, boys and girls, is that Alex can't do anything with that on outline. So that's I what need, we're learning. I need to be prepared, man. You've seen the shit I do for podcasting. I know, <laughs> but... I know. Look at this massive Trello card. But you, Shut you up. would like so... <laughs> the thing about writing is it's personal. Like uh, oh, it's yeah. not a um, I uh, writing is something that expresses who I am, but doesn't make me who I am. I guess. So, like, I am actually an important at my work where they're going to potentially give me my own group and I'm just like cool <laughs> like, I wasn't trying to do this but they're like hey what about this I'm like cool you know and so like writing sometimes you have to like just let it go you know I mean Alex you're a great writer but you have these really structured things and maybe you should just like push them away and just like write and see what happens my version of letting it go is i let it suck but i get to the end <laughs> hopefully i've never gotten to the all end about. that's literally what anna's about yeah i you just you gotta let it suck but there's sometimes that i need to fix a part because it's too important that i can't like continue after it because yeah. i keep having to refer back to it so there have been times that i'm like rewriting the same scene a couple of times in order to get it to be actually what I want. And then I am pretty much like writing the idea, I guess, because I'm just kind of like going with it. Like, okay, what if he says this instead of that? And then how does that change the flow of the conversation? Um, But if it, if it doesn't give me the idea I'm going for, I rewrite it. Okay. So do you write your book for chapters or do you write a book to be a book and then figure out chapters later? Totally figure out chapters later. <laughs> <Totally>. <laughs> I tend to just absentmindedly while I'm writing decide I'm going to start a new chapter. I think you need more structure. <laughs> well, I like buy scene and then like decide that the scene will end the chapter and then move to the next scene in the next chapter and kind of just Okay, but I don't think chapters are 8,000 words long. Well, I tend to do like two to three scenes, and sometimes my scenes are like 4,000 words. That can be a chapter, Colin. That one scene, it's okay. So we're we're talking about novel um, divisions and progressions, right? Structure, yes. So... And this may may or may not be off topic, but... When you're writing, how do you envision your writing? 
Right. I sometimes think of what I want it to look like in the, the paperback version of the book. <laughs> right. But for me, like, I am very, I want it to be a, a progression of thoughts, like a series of, because I, I watch a lot more than I read. So my, my mind sort of builds things on the season, like 22 episode structure for a season and that's a book so what how do you build your book in your mind i have a premise i have an ending that i have figured out that i want to get to at least for a book and then i have to deal with like that as being a part of like a series because i can't be contained into one book it never works um how many books have you finished no, no. <laughs> I okay. like how when I was trying to explain Carlin's story to you, you just immediately started breaking it up into different. I, I know I have so much problems like, with it. It's a standalone book, and she's already <laughs> dividing it into. This you is... call it a standalone book? You already had a prequel. What prequel? You had a prequel. Like how they like? Oh yeah. Okay. No, that's yeah. That's a prequel, dude. Of the book, it's in the book. Uh, but. Uh, I, I just kind of like I have this this ending and then like I, I try to get to that and then like at the beginning point that I try to put as late into the story as possible because I don't need the downtime although I then realized I had significant happenings all happening within like three hours of each other and that was not plausible so I had to spread it out actually but uh, I, I, at the beginning and at the end and I just try to get to it so and if it have, takes 200,000 words it does. Of, um realizing you've spent too long an idea for a book and then it becomes the prologue to another book? Like, I feel like Colin has that with the Carlin story. I mean, it's always my intention to briefly do the prequel parts. I... Well, it's, it's something asked because I had the great misfortune, well, this great opportunity, but the misfortune of I took my uh, freshman level comp class from a 15 year editor from for the New Yorker. Ow. Yeah, it, it was tough. Uh, we started with 35 kids. Eight kids actually finished that class. But oh, oh. she would do so much, so many great things like, look, your, th your ending paragraph here, there should be a new paper. Write that. Like, and so I wonder how many times we get into this idea of a story where the story is actually the, the premise and not the story, you know? I rarely come across that. A lot of the time, especially in amateur writing, I see that you have seven pages of backstory that just does not need to be there. And then you have, like, the actual conflict dealt with in two paragraphs. That's the story, dude. I usually, when I'm envisioning a story, is start with the conflict. Yeah. yeah. Conflict is what drives it. And the characters. So here's the issue, here are the characters, and... See, that's really interesting like to me because I start with the world and the world drives the conflict. Helps. 
Cause that's very important, but the story that you're writing should be conflict focused because that's the interesting right piece. but I, I well especially in Corlex I'm trying to write a story this conflict focused in the terms of this overarching universe to where in this particular point may or not be that big of a deal but to the people involved it's a big deal you know I mean look at Codex Alera he started with a setting mm-hmm and found a conflict to go in. Yeah, the, the setting is Roman Legionnaires and Pokemon. And then he just like, this happened. And then fast forward 2,000 years, what do you get after that? And that's how he's, I think he just did it because he wanted it to, to match years, of, like we were in the 2000s. But then he already had like a civilization that erupted out of it, and that's the setting and story. It can work. And, it totally works. Everything can work. work. Anything you take away from this podcast, it can work if you do it well enough. Even if like one of us says, don't do this thing, and you're like, wow, that sounds really cool, then just do it. If you want to write a book about the main character being a jelly bean, do it. What about a stick? I am stick. Yep. Do it. I mean, for fuck's sake, just watch South Park. They have an entire... They have an entire story arc about member beans. I love it. I love it too, but like, I mean, that's... You can do whatever the fuck you want <laughs> if you can do it well enough. I guess. Yeah. I mean, as we're talking about novels and now we're just getting into our constant anything can work thing, I keep having this thought of like, I, I have no idea what my chapters actually look like right now. I have... In my Scrivener thing, there's like on the side you have a binder and it's basically just a bunch of folders and documents and things. And I just have like, okay, number A section and it's going to have these things, I think. And then it has an A number epigraph that I haven't written yet. And I've only written one of the epigraphs because I figured out which one it should be. I just kind of have those floating around in my head and I'm just going to label them and every single one of my chapters is going to stick to that epigraph in some way. And if they don't, then they get their own chapter and a new epigraph. And I hope it's going to work. So what are your ideas? I mean, we're all amateur writers, um, but we also have, you know, grand ideas about what chapters might be or could be or what we we want them to be. What are those ideas for you? Right, like what I envision one of these chapters in this book is going to be. Uh, you start off with some information that's just told to you. It is always going to be the location that it is taking place and the time zones of certain things, like where it is, where it is, what time it is for a few other people that just kind of always have to be there. So you get like three time zones plus a place all at one time. And then I'm going to have the epigraph, which is going to be like somewhere between one or two paragraphs, hopefully. And that's always going to be something about character or world building, usually world building like this character is always going to be talking about aliens and their biology, and that's going to be important when, you know, they're fighting the aliens. Or it's going to be like, this happened, and it's a disaster, and we're still recovering from it. And then the chapter is reacting to it in some way. And that's what my perfect chapter is going to be. Did that help? It helps, but it makes it makes me uh, question other things. I mean, she reads a lot of Sanderson, so she's seen many different types of epigraphs in use. 
Yeah, and also Stephen Bruce does them, and they're awesome. Okay. Like, like one time, you just had, like, at the beginning of a book, I probably talked about this before, like, it was just a, a list to a laundress. Like, I have all these stains and cuts on this shirt. Can you fix it? And he just, like, listed all of them off in a, like, a receipt-type order. And in every one of the chapters, it was how he got that stain or that cut or whatever. It, he just listed it at the beginning of the chapter, like, <laughs> one coffee-shaped stain on the lapel, and it's how he got it in the chapter. And it was, it's so wonderful to do something like that. That could work easily. Mm-hmm. He does some really fun things in the Vlad Tolto series. Right, but that, I mean, that's more of a callback thing, right? So, like, you start with the, I need this fixed, and you call back to you everything you've listed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes they're not always like that. Like, in one of his books, it was Magyar. No, Agyar. Agyar. Not Magyar. No M. Um, every one of the chapters started off with a word from a dictionary and the, its definition. And then that related to the chapter in various ways. And that the chapter, the book was entirely written on a typewriter as like a journal. Like he talked about it being a typewriter and uh, it's a very, very weird book. It's really short. I highly recommend it. Very strange. And so he's not always doing the callback thing. He almost always has epigraphs. Well, something okay. I would not, I mean, it kind of hits into this, but uh, the PhD who taught my lit one class, I mean, I don't know how I lucked into this as a college freshman, but she wrote her PhD in the perfect rhyme cadence of Dante's Inferno. And something... I just want to put out to people is you don't have to do all of that to have a good book. But this woman did. Like, I don't know how she did it, but she matched the cadence perfectly for her dissertation. That's amazing. Overachievers. <laughs> if you have the the infrastructure for your novel already figured out, I think it's really helpful because you literally have the, the framework, the scaffolding to be able to go to it. Um, it really so helps if you know where your next point of writing is going. Yeah. Um, like, oh, I, I'm hitting chapter number 22. If you want to think of your books as seasons, 22 episode seasons, that can totally work. And that means 22 has to be the giant buildup, kind of releasing... Uh, Calming bit and then probably cliffhanger, right? They always do that at the end of seasons. <laughs> always. And if you know that, then you can structure everyone in the beginning part of that as to getting to that point. And I think it's so helpful to to know that and know your ending. If you do it by numbers, it's pretty good. What about super chapters? I like. I don't know. Define like wait, 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 wait. Define it before you bring it up. It's in this cello card. I can, just, the only super chapter I can think of off the top of my head is the last battle in the last book of the Wheel of Time. Uh, Tarman Gaidon, whatever it's called. It's like you've heard that the last battle is the end of the world for 14 books. And then when he gets to that last battle, it is a... How long are those books? It is about like 20% of the book 
and it's just one big chapter. Wow. Um, go. Here's the whole battle. Go through it. I, I probably wouldn't do something like that, honestly. I would split it up. That's Anderson. It worked. Yeah, it's Anderson. <laughs> he, he sucks while he does it, but he still pulls it off. It's weird. <laughs> but uh, you also brought up something when you talked about like that chapter has a name. And do you yeah. ever name your chapters? I name my sections. I don't name my chapters. Yeah, I don't care. I, like that's too much work for me. I just it has a number, whatever. Though with uh, more YA stories I've written, I do tend to try to find a name for them. Okay, because I, I don't know I remember, why that sounds seems more appropriate to me. I remember Twilight did that, and I haven't read YA in a really long time, but I remember that they did it, and. It Harry Potter did too, right? Oh yeah, yeah, Harry Potter. Um, and it, at that point, it just seems like a lot more work than it needs to be. I think Lord of the Rings. Yeah, Lord of the Rings named his chapters too. Oh yeah, he did. Tolkien. Tolkien. Yeah. But that was hundreds of years ago. It's got to be others. Like sometimes. Sure, plenty of books name their chapters. Did Didn't Sanderson ever name his chapters? Wheel of Time did. So I mean, he. Well, does that count? I don't know. But <laughs> he's, yeah, he had to keep doing it. Yeah, he had to keep doing it because he took over from Jordan. But did like Mistborn name its chapters? I didn't think so. I he had parts, though. Pull up Miss. Did Mistborn have parts? I was trying to think of that. Yeah, Mistborn had parts because I remember yeah. reading the second book. Elend lost his presidency or whatever the fuck it was at the end of like part two or something. And then the next part was him dealing with that, I think. I just oh, remember that. It's downloading. <laughs> downloading. Yeah, I, I know downloading. Sorry. There's one thing that I really like in some books that they have interludes. They don't count as chapters. They don't get a name or a, a number, but uh, Stormlight Archive from Sanderson does it. And he does it in weird I think like every interlude is with a new character, right? That you've never seen before, and they do something kind of significant. Some of them do carry over, but the interlude characters are very specifically interlude characters. Yeah, you, they're not like uh, ones that you've been in the point of view before or generally even heard of them before. But the events that they do are still kind yeah. of significant. So Mistborn does not name his chapters, but his parts are named. Ah. Each book has parts. Gotcha. And, and interludes are fun because you can literally just do anything with it. There's, there's... And that's the my plan for Carlin is for the interludes to be basically short stories of the past. Okay. So the that first interlude cool. is going back, and then the second interlude is like the other major event that gets talked about shortly. Right. How many interludes? I still that <laughs> in my book. So, like, you have the main act that the first act ends, then an interlude that goes to the past, then the second act, then the interlude to the past, and then the third final act that ties it all together. Nice. That's a nice uh, filling pattern, I guess. Yep. But I've got to actually write it. That's the hard part. Yeah. You know, doing the work. The work is the hard part. <laughs> it always is. If only. <laughs> Time's the hard part. At least for me, time is the hard part. Time is difficult. I have too much free time, but I'm just... So yeah, uh, each chapter in Stormlight is named. Oh, is it? 
They're actually named versus named after characters. I thought they were named after characters. Uh, it's probably oh. not visible, but... It's not visible. Put so it away, works, man. Uh, Just put it away. Yeah. They're, they're all named. <laughs> all right. Yeah. The, par- the parts are also named. The interludes are not. The interludes are just character names. Yeah, and then every person also has a doodle connected to them. They they each have symbols. uh, Jordan. Wheel of Time did that, too. Yeah, but he he has people he pays to make those doodles and puts them in the beginning of every chapter. (laughs) He's done that for Mistborn. He's done that for uh, Stormlight. Uh, Did he do that for Warbreaker? I don't remember. I think yeah. I've read Warbreaker as a PDF on the computer, so it did. Yeah, really me too. That. Because Warbreaker is cool. He just released it for free on his site, and yeah. you can read it in all sorts of different points. Warbreaker is probably my favorite. Um, I was sad how long it took me to realize that the chapter headers of uh, Wheel of Time were like what was going to be in the chapter. Because <laughs> I kind of just skipped over them until like halfway through the second book, and I'm like, oh, right. These were actually important. <laughs> Because okay. it doesn't, I just like skip to the actual start of the chapter and don't look above it. Yeah. Do we have other thoughts? Oh, no. I do have actually another thought. There, I mean, there are high fantasy books that have um, like parts inside them. There are also high fantasy books that split up the story between different books. Like, uh, book title, blah, 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 has book one, book two, book three. And I always thought that was really weird, because what's the difference between a part and a book? What do you mean by that? Well, for an example. I can't remember an example. I know it's been done, though. I remember reading it, that, like, there, in the this paperback novel I was reading, there was three books inside of it. I mean, I think Malazan calls them books, but they're just parts. Okay, but, like, kind of, like, splitting the hairs on why name it book instead of part? Or section? Or something? Because you can. Because, <laughs> I mean, sometimes you just want to do something different. So I guess, like, in Stormlight, the parts are a continuation of each story, whereas Malazan, each part is a very significant change of what you're looking at. I don't know if that's why he chose to call them book, but if he, I think he called them books. I don't want to get up and look. But it, okay. I guess it just depends on what you do with your part breaks and why you're doing it. Yeah, I guess if, if you're going to call a book inside of your novel, then I'd hope they'd be a bit more distinct instead of parts that would fall into like a three-act structure. But I, I wish I could remember what book did it. I think Malazan, the fourth book, was notable in that the first book in it was a brand new character. And it was unusual because the entire first quarter, first book of the book, novel, was one point of view, which he always puts point of view. And it's just one character that you've never met before. And it's not until a quarter of the way through the book when the part starts ending that you realize this is a character that you've seen before that hadn't been named and he goes on to play a huge role. Oh, yeah. like so significantly different than the rest of the book that it was its own book, basically. 
Yeah, it's it's weird. Every time that you change something, you risk losing readers because yeah. they didn't like it. But I like it. It's just kind of a fun kind of plot twist when people get different names or they're suddenly named and they weren't before. Um, but don't. I, I really suggest don't doing this thing that um, Terry Goodkind did in his Sword of Truth series. Don't read that series. It's bullshit. But <laughs> <laughs> I think like five books he had centered around Richard and Kaylin and the people around them. And then like book six or something, book seven, I think it was called Pillars of Creation. It was in a new character you've never seen before. It was a girl distantly related to Richard and she hated him because she thought he was a bad guy. And that was like the entire book or something. Or maybe like the good guys came in towards the end. Yeah, and it's like, why would you do that? You're not continuing the story. In, in the Black Company is strange like that too in that like the first book is Croker's narration the one character he tells the whole story and he's the analyst so it's he's kind of like writing the story as it happens the second book he starts jumping into different points of view but Croker remains like the main character in the third one but the further into the series he goes the more the narration starts splitting and, like, the one I'm on is one character's point of view, I think. But it's split between the past, present, and... Sort of future. Present. It's <laughs> very... I'm having trouble reading it. Not that it's bad, it's just... Well, I'm busy, too. But, like, it's just funny that he started with a very standard single point of view and then kind of started branching. And then the further the series goes, he just starts experimenting with narration, I think. Yeah, I'm remembering, um, I can actually name this one, I think, uh, Chronicles of the Chizuli by Jennifer Roberson. It's one of my favorite series, partly because that's where I got named from. Um, the first book is about Alex, and it stays in the third person, but it centers on her the entire time. It never leaves her. And then the next book is on another person, but it stays in first person the entire time. And then it kind of like switches back the series between first and third person, and it works in a weird way. Really? That's like yeah. the thing I would never want to do. I, I, I got used to it, and I love the series. Um, and then, like, let's see, book four was split between three brothers, and it did third person. It went between them as things are happening simultaneously. And book five had their sister that was left out in the previous book, um, and it was first person. But then the last book was really weird. It was first person centered on one guy up until he lost his memory and then another person takes over and it was a first person as well and a woman's point of view and that was the first time she actually broke it in the middle of a book and it was really weird but it stayed that way up until the epilogue and then I think it either went back into the man's point of view or it went to third person I think some people just like experimenting yeah, and she's good at either points of view. Uh, she also has a Tiger and Dell series, which is entirely in a man's first-person point of view, and she did it so well, people thought that she was a man. <laughs> it's really good. Yeah, I, I don't think I'll ever write a female that would make someone question. <laughs> and yeah. Sanderson never will either. No, no. Oh, no, no. no. Well, pretty much any major fantasy author that's not... Uh, Jim Butcher did pretty good, I think, with Codex Alera, specifically about Izana. Like, he sold 
what it is like in my experience to be a woman. I guess I couldn't speak. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, it's like that, that was the most surprising uh, man writing a woman perspective that was ever done in my yeah. experience so far. He did it so a lot, well. A lot better than, you know, this woman needs to show frustration. She's going to tug on her braid <laughs> every time. <laughs> or swish her skirts. Yeah. He did do a good job of showing, like, the, um, especially with the three boys, their altering perceptions of each other. At that point, I thought it was just cheesy. Every single one of them wanted the other person. It. Well, with, like, Perrin, Matt, and Rand, every time Mm -hmm. had girl troubles, they'd be like, damn it, I wish I was the other one who was good at this. And none of them are good at it. Ah. And. The they girl's all... just tugging her braids and skirts. <laughs> yeah, at this, we're again just like ranting about <laughs> Wheel of Time. We should yeah, probably we'll end the episode. <laughs> wow. All right, uh, let's plug all of our shit. We have the Dresden Files podcast, which I'm doing an episode tomorrow all about Halloween. It's the second so year like for Halloween. And of, yeah. the RSS is dying for the old podcast yes. of... uh, it's been a while since we did this high fantasy episode but the dress and Files podcast was on an old website in rss and itunes and we sh- are shutting those down tomorrow if you're watching this in live time and if you do not get any new episodes of that then you have to switch to the broken jars ones because those are better and they're gonna be you know living but uh yeah we're doing halloween tomorrow well i don't know if we'll be able to do a third halloween because we're running out of topics but yeah what else just, do we have? Just to beat it up. I hate Halloween, but I'm glad <laughs> <laughs> things are happening. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> it's significant to Dresden. It yeah. is very significant. very significant. <laughs> yeah, I think um, at least half the books take place around Halloween. See, we have Cold Days and we have Deadbeat, and which ones were Halloween? Like the first couple were always Halloween. I no, they weren't. I thought but... they were around the time no all right um your shit <laughs> um i'm at uh jacob ingles at on twitter i am i'm forward to and great scott at broken jars where you can find most of me so come out uh if you love the office we're doing a great podcast there um i just so, started yeah. watching that I'll listen to you when I finish it. Because <laughs> they spoil everything, just like Justin does. If yes. you hadn't known. Uh, were you in the pie, or were you in the show? Uh, somewhere in the second season. Okay, like I tell people, if you can make it through the first ten episodes, you'll love the show. If, you, if not, you won't like it. Well, we're, uh, we like it so far. Like, it's been pretty good. Um, it's just, we have to Make it through that before I can listen to you, because I don't want you to spoil anything, even though I know some spoilers anyway. <laughs> right. Yeah, and it's not a show that gets all that spoiled. I mean, it ended in 2013, so I mean. Oh, it did. Come on. Yeah. I thought it ended like in 2015, so. No. <laughs> but like, no episode is dependent on not being spoiled. That's wrong for for the office. That's, the that's office. wrong. I can't think of a single episode that. I mean, I know some things, like relationships change, and I want to know how versus getting spoiled. 
I mean, it is in the end a comedy, so. Yeah. It is, but yeah. yeah no, you're wrong. <laughs> I disagree. He has a podcast about it. He gets to say that. Colin, you need to make your own podcast. Not that everyone needs to have multiple. You should team up with Justin. <laughs> right. Uh, so anyway, thank you for listening to this podcast. Uh, it was really random. Uh, please tweet us. Uh, check us out At on high fantasy. Yeah. Underscore. High underscore fantasy because I was weird when I made it. High underscore fantasy on Twitter or it'll talk. Broken jars, broken jars at XYZ, et cetera, et cetera. Colin, you have anything you want to plug? Nope. All right. Well, then. You guys got more than enough. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, thank you for coming out to High Fantasy. Morning, noon, or night, I hope you're having a good time. Bye. Bye. Ciao.